definitely a real G sharp right there. Wait, does G have a sharp? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hello, and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Craig Moorhead, and over there is someone else. That someone is me, Sean Harwell. And I am over here, and I'm happy to be here today as we talk <laughs> in very staccato tones uh, about a mm. whole lot of news today in one of our mini episodes. This is 46.5, if you didn't read that on the thing that you pressed to listen to this. And uh, we are happy to have you, aren't we, Craig? Uh, so happy to have you. Mm. Thank you. Please uh, bring friends next time. Sure. If you want to find other episodes, you can find us on iTunes. Find those on iTunes. You can find them in Stitcher. Find us online at neverheardpodcast.com. We're on Twitter at neverpodcast, Instagram, Facebooks. You can find us. Come find us and, and, and tell us if you listened to something and how uh, unenjoyable it was. Yeah. You can also tell us what we should watch, just like Mary Ratliff did. And then, well, you know, That's right. 10, 15 episodes later... Boom. She's on the podcast herself. And right. uh, yeah, if you listen to that last episode, we talk with filmmaker, podcaster, Mary Ratliff about the Korean film Attack the Gas Station, which I've been thinking about that movie a lot since we watched that. I got to say, like it, it pops up little bits and pieces of it pop up in my in my mind, in the muck of my subconscious. Generally, when you're just like stopping at a gas station. You think, what if it happened right now? Yeah, when yeah. I'm at a gas station, yes, but also when I'm not at a gas station. Just, you oh. know, I, uh, that's one I would like to watch again sometime. And hopefully uh, I can do so if anyone listened to our podcast that owns a streaming company and wants to make it readily available. Ah. No pressure, listeners who own streaming companies. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, hey. Yeah. So, Sean. Yes, Greg. You wrote me an email earlier today. I did. And the first item on your email was that Jordan Peele is making an HBO show. Yeah, how excited did you get when I when I sent that? I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited. Not only that, I, I, I already knew that it was going to be somewhat Lovecraftian. Oh, really? Okay. So I knew he's, he, he's going to stay in the horror realm. Yep. So, super excited. But you got the deets. The deets are... And I'm sure this is everywhere by now, but I saw it on Deadline. Um, yeah, he's he's headed to HBO. It looks like, I don't know if he's going to be directing the whole series or not, but at least he, he will be involved creatively significantly. Uh, along with J.J. Abrams, at least his company, Bad Robot, is behind this as well. It's an adaptation of a book called Lovecraft Country, and that's a 2016 novel from Matt Ruff. It sounds pretty interesting. It sounds like uh, there's definitely some horror travel going on in uh, specifically 1950s Jim Crow America. I can only assume that that will mean it's taking place in the South. Did you say Did you say horror travel? Yeah. There's a road trip mentioned I see. in the details there. I just thought that would be a new subgenre, horror travel. Sure. Travel's kind of horrific sometimes anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And they, they are throwing around the anthology tag on this. So who knows if and what a season two might look like. But it seems like the book has a lot of positive heat behind it. And Misha Green is going to be the showrunner. And it looks like she's a writer from a TV show called Underground, which I think is on WGN or one of the 8 million channels now at our disposal. 
Craig, I still have not seen Get Out. I think it is coming out on video next week, I believe, or the week that this drops. Mm -hmm. And oh, it's at the very top of my list of things to see soon, soon, soon. Now, let me ask you this. Please. As someone who has seen Get Out, do you see this, the sensibilities of Jordan Peele as a director and what you know of J.J. Abrams just as J.J. Abrams meshing? Is that an interesting uh, creative relationship to you? You know, no. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can't say no, but like uh, when I when I read the story, yeah, I wasn't thinking necessarily at all about their their own sort of uh, voices melding. Like I was hoping that Bad Robot would just be like, oh, he's good. Let's give him money to do things. Because I don't think it would be a particularly good mix. Like I like I don't feel there's there's a lot of Abrams in the in the Peel, and there's not a lot of Peel in the Abrams. So I I, I don't know. Spielberg does something and puts Abrams in charge of it or something, and it's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. From the article, it, it looks as if um, Jordan Peele bought the rights to the book and, and took it to Bad Robot himself. So Right on. Yeah, you know, maybe he, he knows something that we don't, but also, obviously, they're a powerhouse in TV, so when you're looking at companies that can yeah. get things made, you don't got to look a whole lot further than that. No. Let's do our, our weekly nostalgia question. Yes. Uh, Roseanne is coming back. ABC. It's happening. There's a cast photo out. They did the big upfronts that they do every year with the networks and everything. And they mm -hmm. talk about their upcoming shows and have the cast there. And yeah, there they are sitting on a stage, everybody. But um, Darlene, yeah. you know, they all look like they've aged pretty darn well. And sure. I loved Roseanne, man. That was a staple of my, uh, my young uh, life of TV watching. And our four or five channels that we had at the time, I don't know how I feel about it coming back. What do you think? <laughs> I don't either. And the main thing was, you know, I saw, I saw this news a little bit ago. And, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, I, you know, I, I want to look at some clips of Roseanne. And I went back and watched some stuff. And, of course, yeah, the earlier stuff is, is great. And yeah. there really wasn't a sitcom like it when it first started. Mm -hmm. And there certainly wasn't one as funny as it. I mean, who came off of that show? Like Norm MacDonald, I think, was a writer. Yeah, they had a they had just a ton of great writers that went through that place. Um, yeah, but like the last season, do you remember anything about the last season? <laughs> you mean when they won the lottery? Yeah, I mean I've seen a little it, bit of it, but I definitely was not watching every week that that season. So the season finale before that season, the very last thing that happens is that Dan has a heart attack. Oh, that's right. And they come back with the new season, and they've won the lottery, and everything's great. And then it turns out at the end, it was all just a fantasy or it was something that Roseanne like Roseanne was now a writer or something and Dan had actually died I, I say all that to say this I found the clip of that revelation happening in the show and it's Roseanne sitting at a desk looking down at this piece of paper and her voiceover as she's reading like this stuff that explains everything that just happened I was just like that is maybe one of the worst endings of something I've ever seen <laughs> Like I don't know how yeah. that show, like, like it, uh, and I, I read up on it and there was there was some theorizing that like she was super pissed at ABC for one reason or another, and basically just like just tanked the show in the last yeah, season just, just to piss him off, which seems like something she might do. I mean that's the one thing is like she's been I don't know I'm still interested to see what might come out of that. You raise a good point just as far as yeah she's certainly ruffled some feathers in the past few years even and sure has kind of been off the radar to a degree there's a very good yeah. episode of wtf with her and mark Marin. 
Mm -hmm. She's an interesting personality. And I I do think you're right as far as like at the time. Like imagine someone that looked like Roseanne then getting their own show now. Like, yeah, it's hard to to even envision that. I'm sure I I say this. And of course, there's so many new shows like there's probably 12 that I don't even know about that have the exact same thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. Have you watched any broadcast lately? Yeah, no, I haven't. But it's also kind of good timing, considering her family on the show, mm-hmm. and and we're in the dark Trump days. If they can get this show on the air before he's impeached, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's there could be a lot to be said, and I don't, I and I don't know what what they might say. Honestly, yeah, I don't know which side they might come down on. Network TV is always like trying to tap into the blue collar thing and do it right, and it's it's tough. It's it's tough to find those yeah. good representations of that. I think one interesting question is how the hell do you sort of get them to be in the same house together every single episode with a like legitimate motivation there? Because <laughs> like, the kids are grown yeah. up. Like, you know, there's no reason for them to be hanging out with their parents every episode. Not necessarily, but I mean, but at the same time, I'd still buy that they all stayed in the same town. Sure. Yeah. You know, if this is kind of the central location where you always end up. The other thing I heard is that they're going to keep or they're going to use both Beckys, which is another thing I kind of want to <laughs> figure out how they're going to do that. I think that's awesome, though. I mean, they kind of made a joke about it in the original running of it, I think, didn't they? Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, there were they definitely were a few. Man, that was a good show. It was. And, you know, honestly, like if Full House can do it, I don't see any reason why Roseanne can't oh, yeah. find find an audience again. Well, I was going to talk about movies, but maybe we should get to the Bahubali thing again a little bit because you found some interesting information. You know, yeah. Many episode before this, we talked about how astonished you and I were, at least, <laughs> that this movie from India ended up placing third in the box office over the weekend with an astonishing haul at a microscopic number of theaters comparatively. So, what'd you dig up on mm-hmm. that? So, here's the deal. So, we, we, we did that show, we talked about it. As you said, we were amazed, and one of our fine, fine listeners by the name of Jason Orfanon wrote to me and let me in on the fact that there was this whole kerfluffle about Bahubali 2, <laughs> wherein, first of all, it's a part of a genre known as Telugu, or tel- Telugu, I, I don't know. Nailed it. It's T-E-L-U-G-U. Nailed it, yeah. Oh, I did, that was it. Mm-hmm. No, um... But it's a it's a genre with lots of fans, and when it opened here, the tickets were selling for as high as forty two dollars a piece. Man, yeah, and so there was all this. There was a lot of anger from the people who wanted to see this movie. Now, who do you know who raised the prices on that? Now we're talking. See, that's what I don't understand. I yeah. I, I don't know. Like I I, I kind of wonder was it a part of just the exhibition agreement. And and the company said like you got to charge this much, or maybe they were just charging more, so the exhibitionists just had to charge more i don't know i i I haven't been able to figure that out like it it seems so odd and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of details available because it seems also that the prices have now dropped because it sounded like people were going to wait and clearly a lot of them did not wait so yeah i mean it 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 made a ton of money and it kind of makes me wonder will studios take note of that and just be like, why are we doing 3d and stuff and charging more for that we could just say like 50 bucks a ticket yeah Make a few people mad, but hey, think about the opening weekend. That has been projected as the future of theatrical experiences by some corners. You know, right. it'll be more event-like. It'll be like going to a concert. You're only going to do it a few times sure. a year, but you're going to pay a lot more. And sure. uh, I hope that's wrong. <laughs> 
Uh, me too. Uh, that's not the case. But I mean, if you're going to be charging that much, you better hope uh, what happened to the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie doesn't happen to you. Well, for sure. So, yeah, nice segue, Craig. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it looks like, yeah, once again, and this may be old news by the time this drops, but it looks like Disney has been hacked in some capacity by people saying they have a copy of the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie and they're demanding a ransom paid in Bitcoin, of course. <laughs> and, I, you know, this is the second high profile one of these that's happened. You know, it happened on the Netflix side with people saying that they had the new season of Orange is a New Black and we're going to leak it online and I think other shows as well, unless Netflix played, paid X amount of money. And, you know, definitely is saying that Disney and the FBI, you know, are working together and they're not going to pay this thing. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of details that I think will come out about this and obviously like figuring out this whole kind of strategy. And I don't want to get into piracy and all that kind of stuff. Craig T. Moorhead, Mm. if you're running a studio, would you even blink about paying that demand? With a movie like this, you understand (laughs) why they would target this, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, but I still feel like families are going to go, they're not going to pirate this damn thing at home, you know, if it's online two days earlier. I don't know. Right. I, I wonder what the real hard numbers of if this got leaked, how that would hurt the bottom line for them. So yeah. you, Craig, what are you doing? You saying, yep, here's your money or no. In the, in the early 2000s, for a weekend, I was running MGM. Little known fact. I remember that. And then it tanked, right? It just it was a bad weekend. <laughs> I thought I thought I was making good decisions. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing, just just as a person in the world, because w- when I read that, it's like, okay, so you want me to pay you money or you won't release this movie. I guess the question is, and this is what I'm reading the thing here, how are they saying they're going to release it? Because unless you're going to yeah. hack into like a cable service and just pump it onto people's TVs, it's like, are you telling me that this movie isn't already out there to be pirated? Like, I would assume it's That's already a good point. out there. Yeah. Like, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> so that, that right yeah. there is why I wouldn't pay the ransom. It's just like, no. Like, people are going to go watch this in the theater whether or not you put it online. That doesn't make any sense. Like, it kind of feels like a weird thing to be, I don't know, getting the FBI on your case for. Uh, but you got to get that Bitcoin, man. You know, that's the other, that's the flip side. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I just feel like, I didn't even think about that effect, but I'm, you know, of course, the studios are already expecting these things to get leaked anyway. So. Yeah, I'd be amazed if it wasn't already. Yeah, it's also just free publicity. It totally is. You know, if it became a big enough thing, it's like, oh, great. I don't know if if if, if I was any of the people involved, that I'd be like, this is great. She kidnapped herself, dude. They did it themselves. <laughs> it's an inside yeah. job just to get because they're already getting bad publicity for this movie. I think so. It's a hacker goes by the name of Jay Brooks. Wait, what? Weird, huh? Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens here. But if you're yeah. listening and you're doing this, stop it. Just stop it. You're not going to get that Bitcoin. This is not going to happen. And plus, me and Sean are on your case. We're probably going to find you. It's happened before. So we've come to the end of the podcast, and you uh, wrote me with a, a list for an article about the, the 20 best movie endings of the 21st century. What do you think about this? I mainly wanted to mention it because I'm going to spoil number one. To my surprise, was Phoenix, the movie that we have talked about 
on this very podcast, yeah. the German film mm-hmm. from a few years ago. It's out there on Criterion right now. You can find it easily. And you and I both, I think, were pretty well awed by that ending. Yes. It's a great ending. Yes. I was a little surprised to see that it was number one. I have not seen yes. a ton of these movies. No. But, uh, you know, Memento's on there, Dancer in the Dark. I believe um, Inception is on there. You got Mm -hmm. your uh, There Will Be Blood and quite a few others. A few I haven't even heard of, like Memories of Murder from 2003. Never heard of that. I think it's a Korean movie. I have heard of that, and that's one I've been wanting to watch. We should put that on the list. Let's do it. Uh, But let me ask you this. Are there any movies that you think should have been on this list that aren't? Oh, man, I was trying to think of that, and I kind of drew a blank. Mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, if No Country for Old Men had not been on there, for sure, that would have been my pick. It is on there, yeah. a little bit lower than I expected it. But again, mm-hmm. I'm not that familiar with some of these movies. So I, I don't I don't have a ready-made answer for you. I wish I did, but what about you? Anything? The only one that I kind of just wanted to see on there was the ending of The Witch. Absolutely. I would, I would grant you that, yeah. Yeah, it's not really a shattering ending or anything, but man, I just, I really liked that. That's a great one. That's a great one. We will uh, we'll link to that. Yeah, check it out. And maybe maybe we'll hit that, that Korean movie and take a peek at that sometime in the near future. Craig, next week's episode, it's already in mm-hmm. the can. We talked about mm-hmm. Time of the Gypsies. The yeah. 19... Oh, help me out here. Was that 83? Was, well, came out in 88. Came out over sorry. here in 1990. Yeah. Amir Costa Rica movie. That is one you got you to gotta check out. It's available for rent at most online places. We had a great suggestion from... Tyler Baum, a few suggestions. They all look really good. They're all on YouTube, fantastically. And the one we're going to go with is called Night Tide. This is a 1961 movie that has something to do with mermaids and stars mm-hmm. Dennis Hopper. And I think could be, could possibly be a bit of a chiller thriller kind of thing, creature oh, feature. Man. I hope so. So come go watch that. I think that'll be a fun hour and 27 minutes, it looks like, to spend. And then we'll talk about it in detail the next time. That's right. I think we only have two or three more movies to even watch. So unless somebody starts <laughs> suggesting some, we're done. We're we're tapped, man. Yeah. I don't have any last words except for uh back up all your projects. It's about to crash. Oh wow. Yeah. Shit. Okay. I got to go save. We'll talk next yeah. time. Bye-bye.